Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we dive into your questions again, the questions that we love so much. And it's a bit of a lucky dip today. We've got a bit of mindset, a bit of training, a bit of nutrition, a bit of personal experiences. And it's the last day of 2020. So by the time this has been released, it will be 2021. So happy new year to everyone. We've closed the chapter on the year that was 2020. And I just reckon we deserve a big high five. Absolutely. What oh. a year. I was ready to put up the Christmas tree back in August, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. Like, call it know, a year. Call it a year and hang the, hang the holy grail up. It's been oh. absolutely bloody wild. Oh. Don't you feel like, like, look back, right? I was looking back on the archives at like the, yeah. what I was posting last year being like, 2020 is going to be the best year. And now it's like, <laughs> Good joke. Didn't really do any of the things I wanted to, but got a lot of other stuff out of the year, which has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I did a bit of reflection uh, this morning because it's still the last, what, the 31st of December today. But um, yeah, it it fast tracked a lot of the things that I wanted, despite the tears, despite the highs, lows, this, that. I was like, holy crap. Like, you just got to reward yourself. And, and we spoke about this last time that it's easy to get caught up in what's ahead and what you want to achieve and all that. But please, everyone, just take a little bit of time, whether you use prompting by going into your archives on Instagram, because that's powerful because it's the visuals, <laughs> or just sitting down in a nice environment and just reflect on the year that was. Um, yep. And even some of your goals that you set for yourself at the start of the year, because mm. that's what I looked at, mm. um, because I'm, I'm really into it. And it sounds a bit wishy-washy, but it's so powerful to actually not only reflect, but then for the year ahead, plan what you wish to happen. And you'll be surprised when you look back, you're like, oh my God, it actually happened. And if it Mm. didn't, it might be coming. So just, yeah, it's Mm. a powerful time to do that or get drunk. You know, a lot of people are just going to be getting on it and, and it is what it is. So actually whatever way that you want to enjoy yourself right now, just do it. 100%. You know, I was um, reading something that I was writing this time last year about what I wanted to do in 2020. And at this, this time last year, like I didn't think that I would like, you know, quit my job and start a business. I did not think that this life was you know, something I was going to step into. And in this writing that I'd written down, I had written like 2020, I wanted to make it the year where I had a voice, where I stepped out of my Mm. comfort zone, um, where I like put out the message that I want to do, where I help others. And it's so funny that I was like viewing that probably from nursing and midwifery. And now it's like, I really do feel like I've made a voice this year. Like even Mm. just the podcast and my own socials and growing that sort of way. It's funny how perhaps you don't get it the way you think it's supposed to happen, but you still get it when you're looking for it. Oh yeah. I mean, one of my most important ones, aside from all the work things was to, to value time with friends and family, because I felt like I was way too fixated on, on work. Um, And then life just forced me to really miss everyone and the connection that it drew me to that. And yeah, cause I was reading down the dot points and I wrote, I'm like, oh my God, like it, it all happened. I didn't predict this way to happen, but it happened. So that's really cool that you had that as well. Mm, Yeah. And we obviously spoke about um, goal setting and journaling and stuff last time, but Mm. it really is so undervalued in how important it is because 
I think so many industries really need to look at reflection. And if you're not reflecting on what you're doing or or have done, you know, you can't progress forward and you miss your progress. You miss it. You don't get to see it. Yeah. And this really um, ties into the first question that we've actually got. So we can elaborate a little bit more. Um, I'll read the name because it's a little bit tricky. Um, Mario Matejek. Matejek. Mario, what (laughs) self inner work have you done? How are you so self-aware? So that really ties into what we just said on reflection. Um, It's so important. Yes, things may or may not go your way, but you need to look at things objectively and analyze, all right, um, where could I have improved? What do I feel a little bit uncomfortable about that didn't go my way? What are the steps that I need to do to improve that? Um, Mm. Or also recognize this makes me feel good. I'm passionate about this. So I think reflection is the number one key on self-awareness. Yeah. Reflection would have to be the key practice, but Mm. I think perspective is something that um, like helps me a lot in, I guess, um, self-growth is just having perspective on things. I think when you can really see hardship in other people or in yourself or experience it, you know, it really does highlight what's important to you. Mm. And when you said there, like about relationships, there's something that gave you that perspective to think, well, relationships are super important for me. Um, And, you know, I've spoken about this a lot, but like, you know, I've seen some pretty horrible things in my life through work and it's given me a lot of perspective that I can use and everything that you learn or see it's transferable for the rest of your life Mm. you have these these ways of thinking and if you read a book you, you see the world through the eyes of that author so it's the same as like you should read multiple books you should work with multiple people you should have multiple jobs and you see the world in in many different ways and that's how we can develop empathy for other people Mm -mm. yeah for sure empathy reflection um and then also surrounding yourself with people like how you know we obviously spend a lot of time together and we can catch each other out on things or just be a listening ear to one another and and a voice of reason because sometimes when we're so caught up in our own emotions it's hard to think rationally so it's nice to connect with people who can hold space for you and, and that you really trust as well so although inner work um is you know representative of ourself it still needs to be shared, I think, with other people that can help shift your perspective sometimes if you need. Mm, absolutely. Mm. I don't know how many times we've pulled each other up and been like, yeah. is that really the case? Or is that like just you're telling me shut up? And I'm like, yeah, oh, no, I'm telling you because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bullshit. And sometimes we need people to say that for us because we're only humans. Yeah. We're always going to find the path, like the path of least resistance or make mm. it easier for ourselves. So sometimes you do need that little push or that little nudge and definitely surrounding yourself with like-minded people can help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and just recognize that we're never like, there's always going to be more to learn. There's always going to be more to do and, and all of that. So the journey of self-awareness never ends. And mm. I'm sure even the Buddha's on the mountain, even though that's probably not a thing anymore, but um, there's always more to learn with that. Um, mm. And taking ownership. I, I really learned to take ownership on my situations rather than blaming other people to an extent though, you don't want to, um, you know, take that to the extreme, but just recognize, well, I'm in control of how I can react to a situation. I'm in control of my actions here. Um, and that's super powerful. That's been, yeah, one of the game changers to me just to stop blaming other people and just take ownership. 
Absolutely. Every, I think once you realize like you are responsible for your own happiness and sadness, mm. like no one else is going to give you that. Even your coach, they're only going to give you the tools. You got to do the work yourself. No one's going to do that for you. It's really yep. empowering once you can do that. And um, something you said there, Danny, is just self-awareness governs everything. Like that is the the root of being, um, of working on yourself is being mm. aware of, of the stories you're telling yourself, the actions that you're doing, the way that you're treating others. Like it always comes down to self-awareness because you can't reflect on the things that you can't see. Yep. Perfect. Happy to move on? Yeah. Go for it. It's Flappy Tree Bird. Ah, Flappy Tree Bird. I love that. Um, Wants to know, what's one competing experience you both wished never happened? (sighs) Who's gone first? Me? Yeah, because yours is a doozy. Um, For me, um, I remember when I did my first WBFF show, so it was my third competition, I just put so much pressure on myself. No one else cared. It was just me. I'm like, right, I had a year off. You know, I... um, took time to, I actually got my boobs done. That's why I had so long off. Um, I'm ready. I'm going to do WBFF and, and all this. I haven't competed in ages. I'm going to win. It's going to be amazing. Everyone's going to be like, ah, oh, Danny. So it was a big ball of external validation bullshit, which now I've put in the bin. Um, but the fact that I put so much pressure on myself allowed me to be, oh, so naive. Um, like who was I to think that? Yes, self-confidence is great. However, you had to, you have to earn the right for these things. And I definitely didn't. Uh, so I was masking my discomfort through humor because that's what I do. And I remember, I'm so sorry. I was backstage acting like an absolute clown. I remember, and you're just there in full focus mode <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, and then I'm, I'm full being like the class clown, um, which was my coping mechanism. And then I never actually channeled how I was really feeling. So when it came to crunch time and I was on the stage, I froze like a Bambi. Like I was just like literally Bambi on ice and my posing went to shit. I just, it went so quick. I was so overwhelmed. I wasn't present. And then I'm, I was stumbling and it was just, I'm like, oh my God. Um, it didn't feel nice. Cause then it goes through your mind. Oh my God, all that hard work, this, that, whatever. Um, but in a sense, I suppose the question is, you wish it never happened. And I, it had to happen because it smacked me into perspective. Um, I went back. I didn't look at a pose. I didn't put on the heels for a good six weeks. I just felt sick. Um, had to go through some real inner work and mindset. And then it took me all the way back to when I used to be in front of the class for um, drama class when I hated school and I didn't want to be in the limelight, but you had to do all those stupid dances in front of everyone. I had to really travel back to all that time back then and then work through it and accept it and then come back and then be ready to hit the stage again and then be ready to, you know, practice posing again. So although it was like a shocking experience and it's worse in your own mind, because no one really cares. Um, yeah, that was probably one thing where I'm like, wow, that was a big lesson learned. So then I started meditating. I started journaling more um, and just being really in touch with my coping ne- mechanisms on situations, but then also practicing skills and, and confidence. So it was a transformational time. Um, and if I had just gone on there and won straight away, I wouldn't have learned any lessons at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I had to go through that yucky, like, oh, time to then um, overcome it. Yeah. Mm. 
so good. It's so good to hear you say yeah. that. Um, you know, even myself, I've got a couple of clients um, who'll be competing this year and they're like, you know, wanting That's to exciting. do everything. And I'm like, this is important, right? Like, phys- like let, you know, let's get your training and nutrition. Let's really, it's really important. But what's just as important is the inner work that you do because that's going to show on stage. Yeah. You know, like if you're ticking the box, if you're hitting your macros, if you're getting your sets in, you better be doing the other stuff because that's yeah. what's going to shine, right? And what you said there is, Oh, all that's wasted. It's not wasted, but it's not seen if you yeah. can't channel that inner belief and be confident. And one of the best ways as well is to know that you've done the work. So mm. confidence bleeds through in so many different ways. And I think I'm guilty of it too, focusing so much on the physical, right? Like getting your body ready yeah. and your mind. And I think if everyone had a mental toolkit going into a comp prep and being so strong-willed, and this is why I I don't, uh, like I'm not a comp prep coach. I prep the girls that have been with me for a long time because um, mm. I know that they've done the work and they're ready. Because people just, it's not just a physical show. It's not. It's so much more than that. What it's all on, mental as well. So yeah. Um, but yeah, like thanks for sharing that because I think it's really important to hear that. It's not just about the one prep getting your body ready like no it's how you feel on the stage and my first WBFF show I was that this is this was my was like my best prep was my first ever one absolutely no expectations I thought it was my last show I just wanted a call out like I didn't think I sort of belonged there I posed every second day you know Mm. I just had no expectations I was going all in it was the first coach I'd had as well so like it was just a completely different prep for me and I ended up coming second and I was so fucking blown away because there was like 70 girls up there and I just wanted the same show WFF May. Yeah, May. This was the same show. You came second. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, and I was good. just like, and I remember, right, listen to this, everyone backstage after the show, they're like, you know, of course everyone's biased that you know, they're like, you should have won, right? And But I was like, I'm so happy I got second. Yeah. I was ecstatic. And mm. there was people going to me, oh, you know, like, are you okay? Oh, God. What? I'm so ecstatic. So yeah, it's just perception about, you know, your show experiences. But I've had doozies, don't get me wrong. Like (laughs) like what you said, nothing I don't wish anything didn't happen because it's where we are for this purpose, for everything good and bad that we're sort of done with competing, you know, all winners have to be losers. And that's just the way it works. But Mm. um something that I'll never forget was my first ever pro show. I again, ignorance is bliss. I was naive. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Vegas. I'm gonna do well. It's my first show. And it was incredible. Like it was incredible. But I stacked it on the stage. I absolutely face planted it, Danny. I Everyone's face- worst nightmare. Twice. Twice. <laughs> Fuck. So I how, just- how soon between the first and the second time? Um oh, like five minutes. I no. took it the same spot. I Fuck. took it the same spot. No, but listen, so I was absolutely because I was talking to my coach beforehand and she was like to me. You know, like we were laughing about it. She's like, you know, if you you trip over on stage, that's it. You're done because they can't. Oh, my God. So you like full manifested it. I, literally because and we were laughing about it. Like she was just like, you know, well, you know, it shows like you can't walk and which is so sort of fair enough, right? Like we were laughing about it. Anyways, went out on stage oh God. stage with Rachel Dillon and we're laughing. We're like, imagine tripping over. Literally, I deserved this. Anyways. Oh, my God. They had this... um. The the walkway was a bit different. It was an eye walk. You know how normally they do a T walk? Yeah. 
I walk and they had like a step that you had to sort of go down like a little step to get to the like the next little stage yeah and like I, I I got called out and I walked up to this step and they had the people like just standing behind it and my heel just got caught in it and buckled no absolutely and you know Allison who's like the Dillette. yeah yeah stood up and was like are you okay and I was like a bouncy ball Danny I like hit the ground and was straight back I oh you're was, back up I was straight up but I full face planted oh um, Mum's still got the footage, I think, and I'm just, I need oh. to get it off her because one day I'm going to have the courage to post it. Have you watched it? No. Nah. No, nah, you wouldn't. I, back, I literally backstage oh and this, this, this right here angries me, Daddy. This makes me angry. Okay. It was this one girl backstage who has the, the guts to call me her friend. Oh. She's like, la- it was laughing at me. And was like, I was, I was, had tears in my eyes. I was so humiliated. And she was laughing at me. She's from the States. She was laughing at me and was like, oh my God, I can't believe you stacked it on stage, making a huge scene. Oh God. I was like, are we in year nine? Oh God. Is this this really happening? And a few, a few other people were like, oh my God, don't listen to it. That's awkward. Can she not tell that you're quite upset? It'd be different if I was laughing, right? It'd be different. But But you still wouldn't. That's. So what, you fell over the first time and then what, five minutes later you fell on the same thing? Yeah, on the same thing. But in my defence, Rachel Gleeson also fell on the same oh, thing. It was like drops a drops her fucking yeah, name. One, oh, no, no, Rachel, we were laughing what about it. What a ledge. Good one on other girl um, rolled her ankle on it in the amateur show as well. It was actually like a sort of fault in the in the stage that shouldn't have been there. What, um, so someone rolled their ankle when? Before you guys and then the they left before. it on there? <gasps> the day before and then they left it there. <laughs> See, that's not cool. No, but look, it's God. it's all lessons and it was it's something that's everyone's worst fear, Isn't right? It? It's ro- like falling over on stage. And I'm so glad because I still I still got ninth in the world. I still that's placed good. quite <laughs> well. And I was like, wow, I was not even going to go back for the night show, Danny. I was really? so devastated. I destroyed my makeup, bawling my eyes out in the hotel yeah. room. And I was like to Luke, it's over. Like, I'm done. <laughs> oh, my God. How did you get yourself together to go back on? And how did you feel when you were about to step on again for the night show? My mom was just like, fucking pull it together, oh, Sherelle. <laughs> really? Hard woman. And, you know, there's quite a few hours between the, the day and the night show. And I was just like, I am in Las Vegas. Yeah. I have done all this work. I am not, I don't even care if it puts me in last place. I mean, there's yeah. no way like I'm letting this defeat my confidence of how hard I've worked this year. Yeah. So I think it was just like a bit of time. Sometimes you just need to like, you know, cry and wreck your makeup and vent and, and just be angry at yourself. That's okay. Like feel yeah. it. Yeah. Then pull yourself up. So I think just having time on my own and just actually crying and just being upset and allowing myself to do that and then coming back. And like, even like at the end of that, I was like, oh my God, wow. How did you go stepping on stage again the next time? Do you still think of it? No, because I, I, I fell over on the world stage in front of everyone like that matters and I still turned out okay. Yeah. (laughs) So it's sort of, um, it's, you know, it's sort of showed me, I think, when a lot of bad things happen and you overcome it, the fear isn't as bad anymore. Do you know what I mean? I actually, even if I fell over again on stage, I wouldn't manifest that it's going to impact my results as much. Yeah. To be honest, the judges don't really think they don't care. You don't lose points. No. If you get up and roll it off, they 
you know, pat on the back. It's really nothing to it. You know, they see it all the time and it's, yeah, like it's, it's been good for my confidence to do that. Yep. Yep. Well done. See, if you've done it, then it's okay. Um, but it goes to show the fact that you were talking about it as before you walked on and um, all of that, where your focus is, sometimes it's it's nuts. And that's why the mindset is so powerful. You need to really, accidents happen and it is what it is. And the fact that a few people fell down beforehand speaks volumes. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Well, well done for, for overcoming it. Like mm. it is what it is and we move on and now look at you. So Good. Yeah, your, your, your mindset is so important. It's the same as like you have been in the gym and you accidentally do a PB because you've misloaded the weight. Yeah. Like accidental a PB. And you're like, oh, shit, I just did an extra 20 kilos. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of a situation that's not actually gym related, but when I was a waitress, um, I was, I was good. I'd never spilt anything, you know, this, that. And, and then there was a new girl who came and she spilled a wine down and um, I had to go clean it up. She was a bit frazzled. And then me and the boss were talking about it and she's like, oh, she's like, nah, Danny, you've never done anything. I'm like, nah, nah, you just concentrate. You do this and that. My job was to put one glass of wine down on the table easy I didn't even have a tray nothing it was in my hand and here I am thinking about the other girl spilling the glass of wine I put it down and I just stuffed it up and spilt it everywhere and it's just like how was that even a thing but I was concentrating so much on it that my body it just happened and it's like what the hell mistakes happen and they make you feel sick when they happen, don't they like? Like, that? oh god, yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. When I used to work um, for a company called Grain Corp, it's like one of the big organisations that um, that you know they put wheat bicks on the shelf, sort of thing. Oh, that in massive. Country life, like they they harvest all the wheat and the grain. Used to work on the sample stand, and um, like a truck would drive up, you would test the grain, you'd tell them the quality of it and then you'd give them a bunker like a silo to go to and, and offload the grain right yeah everyone's sort of like what the hell so this um this one big truck pulled up and i'll never forget this i was like 16 tested it blah blah, blah. it was barley i sent it to a wheat bunker no. it offloaded a whole b double truck onto bar oh, onto the wrong grain so no. it was like a twenty thousand dollar mistake no why would they have that in the hands of a 16 year old that's just what it was it's it's yeah it was just what it was it did pass other people as well it wasn't just me right I was gonna say past other people but it started with me so what do you do the wheat bix was made out of the wrong thing like what happens the whole silo and bunker has to get like that has to go to feed oh who what animals get fed that would have been the best day of their life they hit the jackpot that's right. Yeah, hundred percent. So you know, to feed the animals. <laughs> Good but mistakes happen, right? Like, and you just feel so guilty. But no one goes to work. No one competes. No one does anything to make a fool of themselves. No, you don't you do know, it on purpose. No, you, you live don't and do you it learn. On, yeah, yeah. You oh, live and you God. learn, and it's usually the way that your boss, your coach, your colleagues, your friends approach the situation <laughs> that makes you feel like I was. They were like, it's not just your fault. This is what we can do moving forward next time. Well, right? that's good because like, that's a loophole in the system. Exactly. You learn yeah. from it. Yeah, you learn from it. Okay, are we ready to move on from that? We could talk about our work mistakes for ages, I suppose. But, oh, God. <laughs> um, the next question, Ginger Henker. I'm guessing that's German. Hello, Vigets. Good, danke. How do you overcome being burnt out after an intense program? That's already a red flag, isn't it? They're right there in the question. Mm. 
burnt out. out. Yeah. There's a big difference between being burnt out and going through like super compensation, which is, you know, what you can do. So it depends a lot about where you are in terms of your training experience. I'll probably want to start with because the things that burn you out, you really shouldn't be doing. Like there's going Mm. to be times where you push. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be times where you're tired. There's going to be times when, you know, training intensity is a lot higher, right? So you can go through super compensation. You should be training hard, right? Mm. But you shouldn't be burning out. So it depends on the language of what burning out means. Yeah. And is it just the program that's burning you out? I'm sure your lifestyle factors would play a difference. Are you sleeping enough? Are you resting? How's your work? What are you doing? Um, But yeah, your program needs to be tailored around your lifestyle as well. So you can't just smash yourself doing, you know, like 50 million burpees and jump lunges, this or heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, if your life's already quite highly wound. Um, So the fact of being burnt out after a program, it shouldn't even happen in the first place. Like a really great formulated program should take all of that your lifestyle into account how many days a week you can realistically train um, with proper recovery that needs to be accounted for before you go through the program but it's okay we're all here to learn maybe you 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 didn't know Um, but I would really just have a look at your lifestyle factors sleep nutrition water um, all of that Mm. And then, yeah, adjust your program accordingly. So just less volume or maybe less exercises, things like that. Yeah. If you're like just an average gym goer, 100%, you shouldn't be burning out, right? But then you can argue that there's going to be people like powerlifters and bodybuilders that like at the peak of their show, they're going to be like pretty tired. They're going to be training training Mm. quite hard. But if you're just normally a general fitness goer absolutely like you need to look at stress as a whole and you know if there's times where your sleep's gone to shit or you know your recovery or nutrition's not optimal you you need to be accounting for that in your training and pulling back so you don't physically burn out because it's never over training it's just under recovering and there's different areas that promote recovery in our life being yeah sleep a huge one stress Mm. management a huge one nutrition a huge one the training needs to revolve around those rather than the other way around yeah and we've spoken about like near burnout in one of our early episodes and the only time I've ever really experienced it was when I was just doing too much studying Mm. competing and and all of that up 4 30 to finish my assignments and go to the gym then go to work so it was everything all in one it wasn't the actual program and yeah you get to the point um where you can be redlining like in the episode with Michelle that we spoke about where you just on 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 and on and on and then you collapse um however yeah, I feel like there's way more than just your programming mm. that that's accounted for. But look, if it is and you, you feel like you sleep well, eat well and all of that, cool. Have a deload week. Have a week that's, you know, a little bit less. You're still doing the same exercises, but you, you're pushing at like 50% intensity and then start again. But it could also be your cycle. There's mm. so many factors in this and yeah. it could be your cycle and maybe you need to start pulling back when you're bleeding and things mm. like that. So mm. there's a lot yeah. in it. This is the art of coaching. It's really yeah. hard just to give out general recommendations. But one common thing that I do see a lot of 
people doing is like with their own periodization. And I'm talking to all the people who are doing their own training and coaching themselves is they don't know how to scale back or they don't know when to deload. And they're just like what you said, redlining it in this 50% zone. They're like sort of half-assing their sessions, but they're doing a lot of volume and they're actually not making any real significant progress. And Mm. One of the best ways is just to pull back your volume so that you can allow your body to recover um, and then the intensity can go up. So with linear like periodization, as you get stronger, the total volume should technically be reducing because you're getting more out of your sets, more out of the muscle fibers. Um, I don't like, you know, I always ear on the lower side of volume, even though people say volume, 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 volume. I think I would rather people get more out of their sets. So you need to look at where you're at in your training. Yeah. You're quite advanced. How much volume are you doing? How much do you need to do? You know, it's, it's, it's looking at so many things and my, my brain's just bouncing from one area to the other being like, where, what could we, what advice could we give you? You know, like what you said, Danny, deloading, I think, um, yeah do it properly. Don't like half-ass a deload. Don't be like, Oh, I feel don't like stay so far away from failure. Like really deload 50% of your volume yeah. pull back on your intensity and then reassess the next week and see if you feel better. Mm, yeah, for sure. If that's, if you're at burnout, quote unquote, but um, for example, like my deadlifts, I'm aiming to do some heavy lifting again. I'm aiming to get about 120 or 130 for a deadlift, but I got the other week 110 and then I wanted to keep going, but the people helping me with my numbers like, no, you need to now pull back uh, only a little bit though. So instead of one rep maxes or one, one rep, I need to now get really strong at three or four reps. And then you go back up to, to one heavy rep and then you sort of go back, but you're not going back in a way that you lose all your strength. You mm. just have to manipulate the numbers. But again, that's just one element of strength training. I mean, it really just d- depends on your goals, but it can't always be up, 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 up. Like you need to learn the flow of it and, and play around with numbers. So that's when it can sound, I suppose our answer is very all over the place because there's so many variables, but it is simple if we have the information on this person's training experience, their goals, their training morale, like how often they're going to train their job and all of those. Once you get mm-hmm. a picture of the individual like that, you can formulate the answer, but yeah. we just want to make clear that there's so many variables. Yeah. Mm. And I just want to say as well, like this lifestyle that we have, Danny, it's very different to like a nine to five where you have to, or a shift worker, I say, where you have to really alter your, um, your training around your work. Like we're very fortunate that we can train at our most optimal times and, and have people in our lives that can help us Mm. with really specific programming and whatnot. It's part of our job. Right. Um, but like I said, that if you're just a general fitness goer, you need to be re- assessing like, why am I burning out? Because, yeah. you know, if I'm doing all these hours at work, you know, maybe I can't train six days a week. Maybe it's too much. So you probably need yeah. to work with someone that can help you establish this. Mm. And I love that you brought that up. I suppose people would would say that, well, it's, you know, they get to do this and all that. But we've made it clear on the journey of this podcast that we put ourselves in this situation. And some people might not want the lifestyle and that's fine. We all have our own goals and that. But you and I left, we earned our stripes and then we were able to manipulate our reality to be able to live like this. And so I feel like anyone can. And um, yeah, I think it's really important that if, if, if that's what you want in life, you can do it. Um, but look, we, we did have times where we're exhausted and you, you have your own work schedule laid out for you, but, you mm-hmm. know, do the time and, and be smart with it. And then 
if, if you want to change it, you can. We're a prime example of it. Yeah. I used to tre- clean treadmills as a job. Oh, we were a waitress. I was this. You just, yeah, you go through it. Yeah. I think I, my brain keeps going back to the whole, it's the coming to the end of the year. So I'm like reflecting back on, on yeah, at the same time as answering these questions on waitress <laughs> lifestyle. But I love auto-regulating training and I did it for years and years and years. You know, you're talking about specific numbers there. I've been like, okay, going 105, now 95. Like, whereas sometimes that's not always possible for a lot of people. It's not for it's, everyone if they don't have a coach. And if your lifestyle doesn't complement that, you know, like sometimes that hundred kilos of the bar can feel like 200, right? Like if you've had rubbish night's sleep or a long shift at work. Oh yeah. No, I make sure I've slept well and, and eaten beforehand. Yeah. You oh, have to yes. manipulate your environment in the day before around that lift. Mm. Absolutely. That's right. But that's, that might be foreign to a lot of people. That sort of like the session that you're about to go in depends on the last 24 hours. Yeah, right? like, that's yeah. what happens. Mm. And mm. I know like even with that aura ring that um, you and I both use, Danny, like I've really been paying attention to that. And like if it tells me to rest, I'm like, oh, right, I'll have a rest day today. Yeah. Like, I'll sort of really listen to it so I can actually work with my body rather than against it. And you don't need an aura ring or some fancy gadget to know how to do that. If you're burning out, it's probably a red flag. You'll be able to feel it. You'll wake up, you'll feel like shit. You're like, okay, maybe today I won't train legs. I'll train upper body or go for a walk or something. So it comes back to that self-awareness again. Mm, Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. You can read this one. I don't even know how to say that. Charlie Brown. It's like CH with like three R's. Charlie. Truly. Truly Truly Brown. Brown. (laughs) Very exotic. What's the first step and do you have any suggestions for research? So we might start off just by um, talking about some of the previous episodes that you might find uh, really useful before you take on anything that we say. Yep. So we released episode 12 called Flexible Dieting, uh, where we spoke about the basics of it pretty much. We introduced what it is and some of the methods uh, involved. Um, And then episode 28, we came back with advanced strategies for flexible dieting. So we really wanted to highlight the difference between someone starting off versus the last 10% details that make a difference once you've nailed all the basics. So Mm -hmm. rather than us repeating ourselves again for two hours on this topic, uh, we really recommend that you go listen to episode 12 and then episode 28. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've done lots on nutrition as well, but this is a long time ago, episode 12. God. It's funny to listen to things and being like, yeah, I've changed my opinion on some things. You know, we're going to do that. We're going to go back and listen to episodes and be like, I don't know about that. So <laughs> it's always good to be able to re um, revisit those sort of things as well. But the main thing to understand like with macros is that it is just an advanced method of calorie tracking. So, you know, I'm a big fan of people understanding, you know, how to track their calories and how to track their protein target before they worry too much about the ratio between carbohydrates and fats Mm. because people get too married on these ratios and these numbers yeah yeah so um hit the the basics first learn and it's a new skill it's a skill and you have to practice it you won't nail it straight away but it's a great tool both you and i use it um so also some of the guests that we've had on holly baxter because her Mm. The husband, Lay Norton, invented flexible dieting. Have a listen to that episode. We had Luke Tullick on as well. Um, so, yeah, if you want to learn the skills, listen to those two and then have listen to the ones with those guests as well. You'll get all your info there. Mm. Good yeah. handball. Bink. All right, let's do it. Um, I'll just take the names, eh? Come on, Sherelle. No. Come on, pep up. <laughs> it's the end of the year. She's cooked today. Oh. You're sleepy today, aren't you? I'm still in 
my Where pajamas. are your vibes? Fuck it. She's got Luke's um pants on. Undies. Luke's undies. You're asleep. Yeah. Come on. Come on, um, G up. Every year I'm ready Christmas, to party. Every year for Christmas, <laughs> mum's bought me Susan's pajamas, you know, from Susan. Oh, Susan's. Oh, yeah. But this year she didn't get me any. And Why I was not? like, Mum, you can get me any Susan's pajamas. She's like, Well, all you do is wear Luke's jocks. And I was like, <gasps> it's a fair point. Did she get you any jocks or she'll just nah. no, you just she got Luke jocks for you to wear. Luke got jocks, sorry. So Luke we're... got jocks. <laughs> jocks How comfy. Socks and jocks, jocks and socks. All right, I'll do it. Katie Moore 81. Is it better to reverse diet or go straight to maintenance after a dieting phase? Mm, yeah, great question. And, you know, there's two separate camps in this. There's ones that have gone through an extreme diet or a comp prep and they've had to get quite lean or calories have to get had to get really low. Mm. And then there's the other one, other camp where it's sort of um, a pretty manageable deficit. It's been slow. It's been controlled. Calories didn't get super low. You're not at low levels of body fat. So there's, there's going to be two separate camps. It's important to understand which one you're in first. So say you're going from like, I don't know, 30% body fat to 25, right? Mm. In, in a normal manageable range you're probably not going to have to go through an extensive reverse slow diet to get your calories back up to maintenance. Um, Whereas if you're someone who's had to get quite lean, perhaps you want to take some more time if you want to maintain body composition. So it just also depends on where your headspace is at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And how your body's feeling as well. If you're, but then, yeah, it also depends on how many times you've been um, in a deficit because your body's going to respond differently each time. You might be really sensitive to small increments or you might be able to get away with a lot more. Um, I know after my shows, kind of in the middle of my competing, I was able to eat, 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 eat. And then like a month later, then I would pull it back but mm. then now every time I compete because I've done it so much I feel like I need to be more careful post-comp because the size comes on quicker mm. um, that's what I've just noticed about myself but then it also depends on the length of the diet how many weeks you were doing it for was it quick was it long um, you know any events that you go to after the kind of nutrients you're going to be having after you're going to mm. go out drinking dinners this and that of course the weight's going to come on but you might want to get out of that mental headspace of tracking every single little detail so then maybe just straight into a reverse diet is better but with that comes new goals you mm. have to set new goals otherwise you're just going to feel like shit yeah. and that's the reality of it yeah exactly and mm. there's there's also like you know Danny Danny and I haven't been to the the body fat percentage of what a figure competitor or even yep. fitness have been to. So for someone that has to get that lean, there's a lot of arguments that you should be having the recovery approach. You know, you shouldn't be spending more time in a deficit than when you need to because the body fat percentage level that they have to get to is unsustainable and they yep. shouldn't be trying to maintain it. So no, you're not going to jump straight back up to maintenance calories straight away, but I like to have it like, a three to six week period for most people reversing out to get them up to, to maintenance calories pretty quickly. I don't like yeah. to keep them in a deficit for any longer than they need to be, mm. but for comfort sake and as well as like digestion as well, sometimes like, you know, giving yourself few jumps, like that first jump should be, you know, not too small. You should be giving yourself a couple hundred calories and then sort of gradually going up is sort of a better way of doing it. In my opinion, that's what I like to do. 
case by case. And I mean, you can also manipulate um, training as well. So you can keep the food a little bit steady, but then just do less cardio or less volume in the gym. So there's a lot of different um, variables again, which Mm. is what we always go back to saying, there's just no one answer for everyone. And that's why we want to teach self-awareness. We want to encourage you guys asking questions and, and really recognizing yourself as an individual with individual lifestyle factors, individual training history, goals, things like that. So there's not one approach and we need to um, just keep encouraging that because people just want one answer and there's never one answer. It's a learning process. And you and I, every time we jump on stage, it's a different process, different numbers, different training. Um, but, but that's the fun of it. And yeah. you get to explore, you get to learn about yourself, your body, your mind. And that's what keeps us coming back. It's a challenge every time. So it, yeah. it all goes back to mindset and self-awareness again. Mm. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because not one dieting phase or not one prep or not one meat or whatever it is, is going to look the same. You're mm. going to have a different approach. Like you're going to have, um, I guess, guidelines that work for you, like yeah. flexible dieting. You know, you're going to have different things that work for you or a way of training that works for you, but there's going to be flexibility within that approach always. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. I'll do this one. All right. C underscore free. Did I C do that? Free. C free. I put accents on everything. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Shocking yeah. accents too. I don't know what. So um, how do I know if I have adrenal fatigue? My thoughts keep me awake at night and I always feel exhausted or fatigued despite getting seven to nine hours of sleep. Mm, I remember self-diagnosed adrenal fatigue. I'm like, it must be this. And I feel like it's a big blanket term of like any highly wound behaviors, any anxieties or any like tiredness. I feel like people think, oh, it must be adrenal fatigue. But Mm. it's actually quite hard to get adrenal fatigue from when I looked into it. Well, you know, from what I've read, like I don't know if adrenal fatigue is actually a real thing. And from my sort of understanding, it's really code for like I don't know what's going on with you. Yeah. Multiple things. And it has so many different like characteristics like, you know, um, restlessness. I can't even say that. Restlessness. Restlessness. That's it. No, say it, say it. No, I can't. Fatigue. tiredness, low libido mood. Like it's just a mixed bag hair loss. Like it's just a mixed bag of all these random symptoms. But you're also highly wound. So you've got the lows, but mixed with the highs. Yes. Yes. I reckon that's redlining. Your central nervous system's just cooked. I reckon that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your adrenal glands are like, you know, glands that um, produce um, different sort of stress hormones that live on top of your kidneys. So when people talk about adrenal fatigue, they're talking about your adrenal glands going into overdrive. Yeah. Because like cortisol that you sort of produce as like a stress hormone is good. Yeah. it works with adrenaline. It gets us going. You know, the tiger comes, we want that. But mm. when it also, um, it also inhibits insulin and it works on other sort of different hormones. But when we have too much of this stress hormone in our body, our body sort of becomes sensitized to it and it doesn't respond in the same way. So mm. this is when you get like abdominal fat, like around the abdomen area, like stress fat as well. Um, so there's lots of different ways that adrenal fatigue, quote unquote, is being thrown around and used, but overriding it's just a stress problem. It's a stress management problem. 
Yeah, yeah. So rather than recognizing if you have it or not, it's irrelevant, just like a lot of diagnoses, really, we have to say, okay, cool, we can put a label on something, but it doesn't really serve us. So right, what can I do? Yes, I'm getting seven to nine hours of sleep. All right. How's my day looking? Is my caffeine consumption really high? Am I highly wound? Am I always on the go? Do I never switch off, meditate, read a book? have time with my partner, you know, have a laugh with friends, all of those factors, again, you need to take it um, into account and try one at a time. If yeah, anything like me, it was, it's hard to stop. I find it very, I have to be more disciplined to lay low than be on and work and and train. So one project at a time, I think Mm -hmm. just say, okay, cool. Look at your day or your week objectively and say, right, I need to put X amount of time, even if it's half an hour at the end of my night here, just to have nothing scheduled in and just lay low. Yeah, absolutely. And not get too married in sort of all these like cortisol support supplements and things like that. Like what you said, it's it's about implementing the practices that are going to naturally de-stress you, calm down your nervous system, activate that parasympathetic nervous system. Because if you stood back, if you think you've got adrenal fatigue, guarantee you you're, you're not doing some of these things or overdoing your training. And you just need to pull back so that you can sort of encourage your body to be able to go into that rest, digest recovery stage and get over this stuff because if you're going through adrenal fatigue as well like you might be like sleeping all the time like just because you're getting enough sleep doesn't actually mean that that's the problem so there's so many different factors um and i think it starts with yourself like i don't i don't actually think it starts with going to the doctor and being like what can i do for adrenal fatigue god you you need to do you know what you need to do yeah look worst case if you have tried everything and, and you're unsure and this and that um, as a disclaimer, yes, seek help from a professional. It might not be a GP, it might be a naturopath, it might be um, a nutritionist, mm. something like that. But try it yourself first. Like it's, you'd be surprised how much just to changing your environment and controlling one or two things and, and changing those will make a difference. Mm. And oh, it's generally pretty obvious. There's something that stands out. You're like, right, well, I am going to bed at 1 a.m. every night. Okay, cool. That's obvious work on those things first and then get help if you really need. Yeah. I mean, like how many times have we done it, Danny? It's like, yeah, like that fourth cup of coffee does not serve me. Right? Like so good. <laughs> yeah. We, of course, and we're addicted to that sort of adrenaline rush and that living on the edge lifestyle, but it's not there forever, right? You can't be burning that candle at both ends and, nah. and burning yourself at work and then trying to get your six training sessions in. And, you know, life is a balancing act when it comes to stress. And sure enough, like if you, you know, you don't want to put that label on you being like, I've got adrenal fatigue. It's like, no, I'm just really overstressed at the moment I need to pull back I need to yeah. drop some things I need to drop some hats yep drop the hats mm. all right lucky last be bishioni bishioni how do you deal with period depression mm. I love that we could talk about this now because we both have regular cycles yes Aww. how is your cycle journey going it's amazing I've had it five months in a row now thanks to gab and then also dropping some of the hats as we just said earlier so it's great and i'm really feeling what hormones feel like again when i'm ovulating i know it you're on when you when your period's coming i still get some little breakouts which isn't fine we're like but it's a work in progress um and then you feel a bit low a little bit i'm like oh i feel unsettled or a bit down and things like that Um, for me it's not really a full-blown depression but then again who knows the highs and lows of this year it's been so up and down so I don't know what's causing what 
Um, but yeah, I feel like you have a little bit more experience in this because you've had your period a bit longer than me. Hey, <laughs> does yeah. that mean I'm qualified to talk about it? I'm going to handball oh. it to you. That was my handball. <laughs> no, um, you know, PMS is quite common, but there's also something that's like premenstrual dysmorphic disorder, like P PMDD and it's worse than PMS. It's got like the mood fluctuations, like extreme in it. And there's a small percentage of the population that gets this more than PMS, mm. but we're just going to talk about um, the depression, I guess, that goes through it. So, you know, I always get a couple, a couple of days of like low mood, sadness, bit flat. I don't, I don't, I don't want to call it depression. It's just flat. Like yeah. I just feel like not my bubbly self. And I feel like it's okay to feel like that. Like it shouldn't be, oh, no, it's this time of the month again. I need to feel sad. I think you can talk yourself into it. Absolutely. I, I rather just sort of be like, I'm going to pull back, slow down and mm. get back to myself, go get a massage. I'm going to tell Luke that I'm a bit sad. And then oh, he cops it, does he? <laughs> he can tell. He knows. He's like, you know, he said to me, what did he say? He said to me last last month, he's like, how many days? Oh, no. And I, like, and I was like, to what? What are you? And I was like, oh, my God, three. You know, you know. So even the people around you start picking up on your rhythms by your mood. Um, Interesting. Like, you can't have the highs without the lows, right? Like we get, I love that that follicular phase strength and that bubbly self and the libido and, you know. Oh, it's a great time. Things that come with that. You know, you got to have the lows, and you got to be able to pull back a little bit and recognize it. So, mm. for me, like like what I said, it's like when you have a bad training day. I don't go this is a shit session. I go okay, this session I'm dropping the weight and I'm going to focus on technique. Yeah, the technique session. It's the same as like okay, I'm feeling a bit tired, a bit a bit you know flat, bit baseline. I'm just going to pull back and slow down. I'm going yep. to try and delegate some work if I can. I'm going to just be kinder to myself and go get a massage and do some self-care and do the things that make me feel good, like go for a walk and whatnot. So it's mm. just about adjusting those ways of thinking and doing. Yeah, for sure. And actual PMS symptoms aren't really normal, even though they're expected. We're not really meant to get them. So that mm. it still means that there are some imbalances happening. So use that as a time to reflect as well. Am I nourishing myself well? Um, am I overdoing it a little bit? Like, why do I get affected so much? Because yes, we're going to have natural hormone fluctuations and that's fine. But if it's really extreme, I would probably, yeah, continue to explore that a bit further as to why the symptoms and signs are are affecting you that much yeah um, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be you'll notice like you'll notice like I said I might feel a bit flat or I might feel extra bubbly you know like you'll notice changes in your moods absolutely but they shouldn't be debilitating or that's why I was like depression shouldn't be mm. really there you know like yes you're going to feel a bit flat and a bit slower and a bit you know tired but you know it, it shouldn't be depression it shouldn't be like that yeah, yeah. Um, it I've all even, comes back to self-awareness, doesn't it? That's yeah. been our theme today. I've even heard um, stories of some people being diagnosed antidepressants in their- For um, their period? Yeah, mm. yeah, for their luteal phase. Not a good thing. Like I'm no. like, that's, that's very silly because we have like happy hormones like or neurotransmitters like serotonin and that that's sort of a suppressed in that later part as well. So, okay. and, and they go up in our follicular phase. So that's why you can get that those energy sense. and the happiness. Yeah, of course. Our body wants us to be happy at that sort of time. Mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, it's just about like what you said, being aware, managing the symptoms and doing what makes you feel good. Like, yeah. and we've spoken about this before about up-regulating and down-regulating, haven't we? So, yeah. you know, just for me, like music's a big one for me. Can't sing clearly, but like I'll put I love the to- videos of you singing. <laughs> Poor Luke's doing his singing in the background. You're just there singing over him. No, nah, it's good. Keep it up. More of that. That's my upregulator though. Like mm. that is my absolute mood go-to. Like if I put on a bit of Pitbull, a bit of Flo Rida, like oh. I'm a new woman, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pulls out the old school. Um, yep. But the amount of stuff that I've learned just from our guests and from doing this podcast on, you know, women's health and hormone health, it's been great. And I love to be able to be a live example of the things that I've had to work through and you as well. Like it's, it's been really cool. So I'm looking forward to having more guests on about this topic, not only to continue to educate us as women, but then the males with their partners, friends, um, clients, things like that as well. So Mm. yeah, we, we can have our own personal experiences, but I'm also excited to get more science and more reasons why I think it's really empowering to know that as a woman and and to celebrate it like it doesn't have to be a time where we're always low two weeks ago because I'm ovulating now but two weeks ago when I was bleeding I'm like fuck I'm not going to be able to lift heavy this and that and I've started to talk myself out of it and then one of my friends at the gym was like just give it a go and see how it feels and I actually got my numbers like so listen to yourself but then also don't at the same time just yeah it's it's a good time though I completely agree. I think you can psych yourself out um, too much. And just because like, I always feel like I usually can lift as heavy, but sometimes I'm just don't feel as good doing it. If that makes yeah. sense. Like yeah. I don't you're have a bit to... puffy around. There yeah. 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 And yeah. I'm, I'm one of the ones that does get like inflammation. Like I gain, I gain like one to two kilos at least around yeah. my cycle. Some people just don't get any of that. They don't. My sleep's impacted a fair bit just before yeah. I get my period. So it just depends on a host of factors but you are your own like researcher like use your own biofeedback and and how you feel to do that because if you're someone who doesn't get impacted or if you're on contraception you're not either so you don't need to make these adjustments Mm -hmm. awesome we have a list of so many questions here but we're not going to go through all of them because i love um the bulk of our episodes being q a's and i hope you guys too do too um, so I think that's it really. I mean, mm. time for you to get, get dressed, I reckon. What no, nah, you're on holidays. <laughs> You've come back from the farm, you're very chilled. Um yeah, good, good on you. Look at you, um, sleepy bear. Oh, I know, good. I swear to God, I've actually never been seen up. you like this. I've actually been up since five doing work. I just haven't um I just haven't got out of my shirt. But this is it. After this podcast, I'm done. I'm gonna put some clothes on, I'm gonna go and train, and then I'm going to have some drinks tonight. Are you? Yeah. So this episode is released on the Tuesday, but it's still New Year's Eve <laughs> yeah, tonight. It's not Tuesday, so you're I'm gonna no, <laughs> have some drinks. It's Tuesday, the fourth of um fifth of Jan. No. Good on you, Sherelle. We um and everyone, we made it through the year, the highs and the lows. Let's um yeah, I was gonna you know how you normally say hit the ground running? Fuck, we've been hitting the ground running all year. Oh I think you just have some fun now, I reckon. And whatever form of fun that looks like for you and the listeners we all deserve it so congratulations for making it through 2020 and let the games begin and continue hey eh? what do you reckon i reckon i just feel like i need to give good 2020 a send off that's what send i send it like. off reflect send on it, it high five yourself 
laugh, mm. cry, and then send it off. Get rid of it. Absolutely. You know, we hope um, everyone enjoyed this episode and we hope, like what Danny said, everyone's going to have a good New Year's Eve and really let um, let the hair down, even though this will be in the new year. But look, the party does continue, right? <laughs> She's called it a bender. She's called it. Oh, week. Oh, week. Oh, good time. Of the new year. But um, again, we do hope that you are enjoying these Q&A style episodes. Um, let us know what you think. And of course, please do take a screenshot, tag myself, tag Danielle, and of course, tag the Level Up podcast. Thanks, everyone.